podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. Yes, I, I still sound like uh, garbage. I'm working on it. It won't go away, no matter how much NyQuil and Robitussin I chug on a regular basis. Somebody give me one of those Z-Packs, please. Just, like, mail it to my house. Because at this point, I will take something, anything. I don't care. If it's a spider bite and it'll cure me in two days, whatever. That's fine. Um... Because I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm absolutely tired of this. I am joined, as I always am, on Mondays to recap the weekend that was and look ahead to the weekend that will be with my good friend, Andy Mitz. Hey, it's good to be back. Uh, it sounds, Philip, like you're campaigning to become the next Spider-Man. So, um, you know, bit by a radi- radioactive spider, he can never get sick anymore after that. So I am I am purely know. sarcastic. Um, I was kind of nerdy in high school. Um uh, yeah, yeah. I'd be more like I think I'm more Tobey Maguire version than I am the other two, which is like you look at him and you're like, I mean, he's not not attractive, right. but you know, <laughs> he's not the first guy you stop and look at in the room. So, I mean, I, I get I get that billing. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, it, Jamie needed the day off. Um, she sounds worse than me apparently, and by sounds worse, she just literally doesn't. It's like, uh, but we do have a guest filling in. He has he is one half of the uh, irreverent podcast here on the ten twelve network between two bears. That is Mister Matt is bear. Matt, welcome to the show, man. Uh, the the word irreverent there makes it sound like we're intentionally anything, and that there's any kind of like effort to do something with between two bears. Uh, so I appreciate it, but it's just it it's whatever comes out of our mouths that's what ends up being uh, the audio. So if if, if irreverent fits the bill, then I'll, I'll take it, guys. This is going to be fun. What a uh, just kind of a not weird necessarily weekend in the Big Twelve, but it was. Um, interesting i'll say that yeah i was just say matt your podcast is the epitome of stream of consciousness podcasting boy so is i'm i am very excited to bring that here to the uh, main show here on the, on the 12 network so <laughs> we'll, we'll see what we can do i myself i'm getting over a little bit of crud i i'm drinking tea and i hate tea just for you guys so this this is just a, a massive amount of respect that i don't show even my own co-host so just just be be aware that I respect you guys and we're here we're here to do some serious work. So I mean I would hope you have more respect for us than you do Evan. I mean that's, yeah, that's true. I've listened to the show on the regular basis like that's so you know, yeah, here's the, here's <laughs> the cool thing about here's the cool thing about Evan is that he's he's the younger of us by I don't know four or five years, but his brain works so much better than mine. He can actually like remember when games happened, what year, what happened that year. He can contextualize things like his brain actually works. And I'm just here for the vibes. Right. I, I, I pay attention to stuff during basketball games like body language and, you know, just I don't know. So he's he's the hard skills part of it. I'm the soft skills and we both uh, don't care what anybody else thinks about us. And so that's what combines to get us both in trouble. So one so. is hard and one is soft every week on the show. That also sounds like a pretty That's good about right. description yeah, of that works. Uh, an app yeah. description of the show. Yes. Um, so make sure mm-hmm. that you, if you are not listening to our Baylor show between two bears, like I understand if you're not a Baylor fan, that's fine. 
you should you should go listen to the show anyways it's it's um it, it brings a smile to my face every single week and is definitely one of the like best worst decisions we've ever made as a network maybe 45% of our content is actually about Baylor the rest yeah. is usually um making fun of Texas uh, I'd say making fun of TCU um bringing yeah, on a I'd Texas say, guest to make fun of Texas A&M I mean that's now that that was pretty good we enjoyed that, that was one. fantastic that was fun that was pretty good. So yeah, I'd I'd say we're more about the uh, the pain that others are experiencing more so than Baylor. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, and also mm-hmm. someone else who we can make fun of something with. Um, okay. There you go. So let's hop on to the weekend. It was we're going to divide this a little differently instead of going game by game, because obviously there's only one week left in the regular season. Um, there's still a lot to play for this upcoming Saturday. So I want to kind of set the stage for that conversation by looking at what happened this week, and I want to break this into two groups. We have the three games that impact the Big 12 title game and the two games that don't. So let's get the two games that don't out of the way. Uh, Andy, I want to ask, you know, TCU 31, Kansas 28. Tie games at the very end there. Uh, Kansas was competitive. I I know that TCU is kind of, they're without a head coach. It's not been a good pro, they haven't been a good team this year. Kansas was in that game. They didn't falter. They didn't fold. And, and I and I do feel like for and I want to focus on the Kansas side of this first. The way the season has gone from the OU game to now, set Oklahoma State aside because they've done that to Texas Tech and West Virginia and everybody else they played the last four weeks. It, it does really feel like the end of the year is showing some progress that should make Kansas fans pretty excited heading into 2022. Yeah, yeah, look, end of the year progress that I envisioned by the end of this year, like, like, uh, let me restart. It feels like Kansas is ahead of schedule. Like, I think that's the best way to describe it at this point, because when I was talking at the beginning of the year, it was, hey, you win that, you know, non-conference game against South Dakota, you try to be competitive, maybe you steal one, you know, in terms of Big 12 play, you know, against one of the early teams that were supposed to be the teams that were down this year in the, in the conference you know, and then the end of the year, all the competition ramps up and you just hope that you can, you know, stay competitive, stay within three scores for all these games. The big win against Texas was like the first step. Obviously, you know, the foundation for that was the game against Oklahoma. Then you get blasted by two teams that are clearly, clearly much better than you um, at that point, you know, and, and then you beat Texas, which is fantastic to build on. And the question was always going to be, how do you follow it up against TCU? Because say what you want about all the problems that TCU is having, they still probably have more talent at almost every single position when you look at the depth chart there. So the fact that they were able to stay, you know, close in this game, that they were able to find guys to really take a step up. Look, we all talked about Jared Casey's, you know, big two-point conversion catch last year because that was an absolutely phenomenal story. He followed that up this game with an absolutely phenomenal game. He had two big blocks on two scoring plays that he did not catch you know, that he was not the guy that they went to um, that really kind of sprang things loose for people. He also had a fantastic one-handed catch going out of bounds. You know, that was, that was absolutely fantastic to get a first down there. He, um, and then he, he caught the touchdown. Look, you know, he, he was able to present himself in such a way um, on that particular, on, on that last touchdown drive to be able to make it so that people didn't think the ball was coming to him. And he caught that one. So like we actually saw, a guy who was a walk-on coming into the year that nobody really identified, um, who actually looks to be one of Kansas' better players, which you can say what, play. what you want about. He can what, play. Right, he can exactly. absolutely play. Yeah, you can say what you want about 
you know, what does that say about Kansas scholarship players? What, what I think it actually says more about is the fact that, you know, Lance Leipold has, has used this year to build the foundation that they needed to, to properly identify the different players that they have and identify guys whose talent was being overlooked, who didn't have an opportunity to really show what they could do in the past system, you know, where it was all about, hey, these are our highest recruited guys. We need to play them even if they're not working out. Um, you know, this is what Kansas has been missing. It's finding guys that were completely unheralded, developing them throughout the year. And then when they get their opportunity to actually do something, they're able to step up big. Jared Casey is the epitome of that for this Kansas team. Um, what this Kansas team has been missing now for the last decade. And hopefully this is a launching point for them, to, you know, to be able to identify more guys, you know, show what they're able to do, use this as a, as a step up for recruiting and, and go into the year, you know, the end of the year, feeling really good about where they are and what they can build for the next year. I don't care what happens in this game against West Virginia. I happen to think that they'll at least be able to keep it close for a half going into this game. But to be honest, no matter what happens in this game against West Virginia, they've had a very successful season. You've set the foundation for what you think. And look, West Virginia is a team that is probably better than people thought they were going to be coming into the year. Um, you know, so it's not like we go into this senior day with any kind of expectations here. Kansas fans have to be feeling great about this. The fact that they were in this game until the very end with Devin Neal going down before halftime and not being able to play the entire second half, that tells you a lot about what they have, the fight that they're putting in, the belief that this team has, and just the fact that this program is in a much better position than I think anybody expected them to possibly be at the end of this year. The thing that, so as, as a fan of a team who's been in the basement before, you have to latch on to things, right? And I think if I was a Kansas fan, the thing I'm latching on to is Jalen Daniels, freshman, Devin Neal, freshman. And then I started getting a little bit more curious. I was like, okay, well, what's, what's, how old is it? This is a super young team. This is a remarkably young team. Kansas has a lot of good stuff in their future. I said it uh, maybe during the Oklahoma game in, in more forceful tone than the words actually expressed in written form but this team is going to be like like hashtag good in two or three years yeah i think it's promising and, and that's all you could really ask for in year one considering I mean, again Leipold got there so late the coaching staff had no time before the yeah, season look, i i've been calling this year negative one like that's how yeah. much or how little time he actually had because this, is, this isn't even like a year zero where a guy comes in and he's completely rebuilding from the like you had the 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 program completely in shambles. Les Miles, yes, did a good job with recruiting and the guys that they were able mm -hmm. to hold on to. And they, mm -hmm. you know, they lost three really good guys on the defense. Honestly, I think Kansas season probably would have looked a lot different if you didn't lose, you know, the three transfers in Dejon Terry, Marcus Harris, and Karan Prunty. That defense would have looked a whole lot better than, than it was because those were three guys that are starting at SEC teams or Karan Prunty who had other situations that made him take a, you know, step away from football, but he was a freshman All-American last year. So like, you know, this is one of those things where they lost a decent amount of top end talent, but how young they are, how well Les Miles, like for everything else that he did wrong, both at his time at LSU and then when he was here at Kansas, he brought in a bunch of talent that now Lance Leipold is molding and is able to get together. And you're right. They had a lot of guys that were playing that were really, really young, which was one reason you thought this was kind of like a year zero type of thing. Then you talk about the timing of when Leipold comes in. That's another reason to make it kind of a year zero type of thing. So, I mean, I've been dubbing this the year negative one for Lance Leipold, and they're already to the point where you actually feel like progress is being made, which is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, as far as DCU goes, I mean, what, they get a win. Uh, they're one win away from getting to a full game. That's great. I mean, it, 
it's, it's a nice run for the, the players who are going to be graduating, moving on. It's a nice run for the coaching staff who will all be looking for, or most of which will probably be looking for new jobs in the season. TCU still without a head coach, though. It, it the, the the Sunny Dykes train seems to have been uh, pretty close to, to to coming into the station, and then the station seemed to just decide to go, ah, nope, and moved, uh, and looked at some other candidates, and then a whole lot of other jobs opened up, and all those other candidates who thought TCU looked like a good job suddenly saw better jobs available. And I at this point, I'm pretty sure it's TCU and Sunny Dykes, and that's a deal that'll be uh, official once the SMU season is over. Um, so for TCU, this is just... You know, getting to a bowl game would just be a nice way to end a pretty rough season that in the grand scheme, moving forward, doesn't project a whole lot to the future. Uh, we'll talk about the game they have on Saturday coming up in a bit. But uh, they're one win away. They didn't lose to Kansas. Sorry, Andy. But, you know, they don't. They they like pretty much everybody else in the conference. It's only Texas is the one who has to hang that uh, banner on their door moving forward. Uh, speaking of Texas, West Virginia 31, Texas 23. This was a battle between two teams who had to win their last two games to get to bowl eligibility. Uh, West Virginia was the victor, which didn't surprise me in the least. And, and I don't like at all. Like I, I, I think everyone was on the West Virginia side. It's not shocking to see them play well. Their defense continues to be pretty solid. The offense was impressive. Uh, Jared Dagey, 290 yards and three touchdowns. It's a good day for Dagey. Let's, Hold on, just hold on, just a second. <clears throat> to say the West Virginia offense was impressive, uh, you know, sure, we're we're being charitable. I'm being this nice season, here. I think I'm we're going to spread some love. We're going to spread some love. Sure, they they were they were fine. The West Virginia offense was fine. The Texas defense is abysmal. I think just objectively. So get that out of the way. But the score of thirty one twenty three doesn't really tell the whole story. Texas converted their first third down. <laughs> off of a tipped pass by a West Virginia linebacker that just happened to fall into a Texas receiver's hands behind him could have just as easily been a pick. It was just a right that, and I think it was in the third quarter or maybe in the late second quarter. Um, I don't know, man, like this, this Texas program, who's going to be healthy next week to play quarterback who is going are they going to continue to run the ball are they not going to run what are they doing right and i think the whole part about uh, fire sarker right i think that's overblown you can't do that yet there's going to be some overhaul there and that throws what three or four coordinators at athletes who have been there for three or four years so i don't i don't know where they go from here they're not going to make a bowl for the first time since like 16 or something like that it's just a mess but west virginia maybe the most up and down team in the conference this year a lot of weird wins a lot of weird losses a lot of good wins a lot of bad losses i don't know so just kind of what we expected but in a weird way yeah let's let's be honest talking about west virginia is generous i was gonna say let's let's be honest here talking about west virginia's defense be our offense being good is like yes it looks good when you're grading on a curve like it wasn't it wasn't Correct. objectively good, but it was more than good enough, especially with how well West Virginia's defense is playing. But the thing for Texas, like it looks like Texas is going to be revamping their entire, you know, support staff essentially. So like, you know, I, I could see them having a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator. And this is now going to be the third year in a row that they're going to have huge shakeups on the staff. Because if you remember the year before Tom Herman left, he brought in a brand new mm-hmm. offensive and defensive coordinator, completely revamped everything in a bid to try to save his job. Then he gets fired. You bring in a whole brand new group of staff here. And now it looks like in order for, you know, 
the mutiny to not happen over at Texas, Sarkeesian is going to have to pretty much clean house and figure out what staff he wants to bring at this point. I mean, it's hard to see the bleeding stop for Texas at some point here. Like, I I don't know what it's going to take, you know, being, (laughs) being a fan of a team that has gone through this multiple times that at some point you just have to deal with the lumps and stick with the guys and hope, you know, like give them actually an opportunity to get, you know, things changed, to get attitudes turned, to get people to buy into what the coaches are doing. Um, You know, if there's a guy that, that you can identify and say, Hey, look, he's not doing his job. Let's get him out of here. That's one thing. But if it's, Hey, this system isn't working. Let's try a different system. You have to give the system time to take root for it to actually work. So I understand that there's going to be a lot of Texas fans that want Sark to completely shake everything up and hire a whole bunch of new staff. I'm not saying that they don't do something, but they need to be careful that they're not cleaning house just for the sake of cleaning house. They need to identify what it is that they're trying to do and have a very good plan moving forward because you are now looking at the third year of significant coaching changes. That is going to cause problems if you don't do it carefully. Uh, let me let me if, push back. If you are hired. Second. Let me push back for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, now, let me say this. We are not one to advocate for someone losing their job here ever. Okay. But I do not believe that Pete Kwiatkowski is long for Austin. To your point right, right. that you, you you can't just make that decision. I would point to a head coach who, after his first year, was very, very unsuccessful. A head coach within his own state, within his own conference, who made the decision to overhaul mm-hmm. the entire section of the side of the ball. A head coach who happens to coach the team of which our guest host here today uh, covers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has turned out to be pretty successful. Now, that is one example but I would argue in a situation like this, there is an issue to me with the way your defensive coordinator wants to do things compared to what he has available to him that is not working. And it may be a situation where it's not ideal, but instead of allowing something to continue that is not working to not con- to continue to not work, you may need to make an overhaul of a position coach or of a coordinator to move in a different direction before you uh, are doing it because you have to do it to save your job. Well, no, no. And and I think the point that I wanted to make is you don't make a change just for the sake of making a change because what you're doing right now isn't working. If you're going to make a change, you need to have a very clear idea of what you want and who is going to be able to bring it in, right? So like, yes, you, you can't guarantee that, hey, I'm going to go hire this guy to be my defensive coordinator if, if you know, that's where you're making the switch. But if you can say, hey, there's three or four guys out there that I'm fairly certain can do this in a way that I think is going to be successful, then it might make sense to make a change at that point. If you're going to fire a coach and say, well, there's only one guy that I trust, but I'm not certain I can actually get him, then you're going to end up in a, in a potentially situation that's just as bad, bringing in some random person that you think might be able to do it just because you have to get rid of the guy that you have right now. And yes, I can, I, I understand the the thought process of, hey, this coach is as bad as it can get in terms of doing with, you know, what they can want or what they need to do with what they have. But you also have to remember that Sark has not really had a good recruiting class of all of his own with a full amount of time to actually recruit. It's like, this is something where it might take some time to find the guys, you know, in this recruiting class, obviously you have to worry about whether he can actually bring in the recruits he needs on the defensive side of the ball to fix it. But I just, I just, you know, 
I've heard a lot of Texas fans are like, we absolutely have to get rid of him. I don't care who we have in there next year. We cannot have this guy. It's like, if you're just getting rid of him to get rid of him, that's where you get into trouble because you have to have a very clear plan of what you want instead, not just, we don't want this. I think there is enough talent on the offensive side of the ball in Austin to do better than two for 10 in on third down. Uh, It's just there, there's, it's, there's something going on. It's not just one coach or one side of the ball or, one collection of players or the number of stars or the number of stars you're lacking. I don't know, man. It's just, it's, I can't believe I was scared of this hire when it was made. That's all. <laughs> I think we're always scared of every hire that, that a program like Texas makes, because what if this is the one that turns things around? But I, I, you know, I, it's at this point, I don't know. Plus I'm, it doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm a couple just glad years, they're not going to be, be our gone. problem. Right. Exactly. I was going to yeah. say, I'm, I'm just glad they're not going to be our problem for very much longer. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they'll be gone soon. Uh, you know, it's going to be gone if you don't move quickly. Uh, the things that you want at home field apparel for yourself and for those oh, on your holiday shopping list. Okay. Christmas is coming. So the holidays are almost here. And I know you want to get home field apparel, both for yourself and for your loved ones, because who doesn't want to give the gift of comfort and freaking awesome vintage college sports logos on that uber comfortable t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, and joggers. Plus they got stickers, plus they got some other new really cool gear. Like every time you turn around, you're like, oh, well now I gotta go back to home field. Well, if you haven't been to home field yet, if you haven't bought anything yet, that's okay. Cause you've got two ways to save. You can use our promo code, network12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2 and get 15% off your first order or, or, and it's okay if you wanna save that First one for some other time. On Black Friday through Cyber Monday. That's November 26th through November 29th. That's this coming Friday through the following Monday. Homefield is running their Black Friday deal. All items are going to be 20% off. Everything in homefieldapparel.com will be 20% off. No promo code needed. Okay? But items are subject to sell out. They, they print the stuff as fast as they can, but they're not just going to have a, just a, uh, an insane amount sitting around. Like, oh, we need a bajillion Hawaii t-shirts because you, you know, mm, no, nah, probably not. I mean, you, you should because they're amazing, but uh, you never know. So if you want to get yours, you need to order them. And guys, stuff is taking forever to get done. And it's not just because of them. Okay. Like trying to get in the actual t-shirts and sweaters and hoodies that they print their stuff on. It's a mess out there, folks. There's just shipments of things sitting in boats in the oceans. Just like, well, we'll get there eventually. Chug, chug, juju. So, if you want your stuff under the tree on Christmas, go to homefieldapparel.com. This Friday through Monday, 20% off the whole store. If you don't want to wait till then, you can get 15% off your first order. You can get 15% off your first order, and then you can get 20% off another order this weekend, too. See what I did there? You're welcome. All orders of $100 or more get free shipping. So, go to homefieldapparel.com. They've got stuff for Iowa State fans, Baylor fans, Texas fans, Texas Tech fans, Oklahoma State fans, West Virginia fans, Cincinnati fans. No, not you, because your school hasn't figured it out yet. Okay, Cincinnati? That's why you're still not ranked in the top four yet in the playoff. It's because you're not in home field. Because they don't have the home field magic yet. No, there's no home field magic for you, but there is for Houston, UCF, and BYU. So go check out the more than 100 schools they have available at homefieldapparel.com. Get your shopping done and do it quick if you want to have it under the tree on Christmas morning. Plus, a t-shirt is so easy to wrap. You just roll it up in the little know, thing, seriously. and you you can you could easily put it in a bag. 
where yeah. it's just the very easy roll and then twist with a paper at the end, little tape, yeah. little, little bow, boom. You know, Philip, I am I am a little surprised with how many times Matt and Evan have used your promo code. You know, the promo code for this one here that you didn't use theirs in return. But but no, um, you know, this is this is one of those. I am definitely looking forward to when my school finally gets home field. But I'm also looking forward to the fact, or maybe home field looking forward to the fact that my wallet is going to get completely destroyed for Christmas this year because there's just way too many other good things. So no more, no more new schools this year. No more. They're like, we can't do it. They can't anymore. They'll, they'll hit it hard in the spring. Like hard heard. I don't know. <laughs> this is Brandon Phoenix, AKA. I also hate pit joined by my brother, Jeremy J and fiend Phoenix. We are the raspy voice kids. We do the raspy voice kids podcast. If you love West Virginia university, you will love our podcast. If you don't care about West Virginia University, you will love our pop culture segment. It begins every single episode. You can join in the fun anytime, any place. Get at your boys. Um, okay. Let's bundle the three school games that we absolutely have to talk about. Three teams remain in contention for the Big 12 title game. One has locked themselves in with a berth. Oklahoma State 23, Texas Tech, nada. That is a shutout, folks. Let me reiterate a fact so that you understand how Oklahoma State's defense is playing uh, in the last four games. The starting defense, because yes, the fourth quarter against DCU is all backups, and that second touchdown that they scored was a defensive score. Uh, the starting defense for Oklahoma State in the last four games has allowed nine total points. They have not given up a touchdown in four games. Like, I'm, not, I'm not allowed to be like pessimistic anymore. I keep getting told by my OSU friends, right. like, quit it. So I have to be like, this is ridiculous. Yes, I have concerns about Oklahoma State's offense, specifically the offensive line injuries, because you lost one of the two guys you couldn't lose in starting center, Danny Godlevsky, and Josh Sills, who's your is banged up, which is not good. So the two offensive line, you're like, if you're going to take any two from us, please don't take these two. One's gone for who knows how long, and one's beat up. And the backup to Josh Sills, who started in the game against Texas Tech, got injured early in the game and had to come out. And so Josh Sills had to go back in. That's my only concern about Oklahoma State. I'm not worried about this defense. Like, look, will OU put up some points on this defense? Yes. I'm not sitting here telling you they're going to shut out Oklahoma. I'm not stupid, okay? But I trust the defense. I absolutely trust the defense. You have to trust this defense. There's no like, well, you're 11 games into the season. How much more evidence do you need? Uh, about one more game. I just, I just, That's all I need. I just need about one more game. Uh, I need a great Oklahoma State performance uh, to, to to beat Oklahoma, and then Baylor will be sitting pretty. Um, yeah, guys, Baylor. I, that's the that's the point we got to make here. Baylor <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> is both rooting. You guys got to get some like house divided blue or orange and green shirts for Saturday. Yeah. Oh, I think we're good. Um, I uh, <laughs> I I really I really tried to watch this game. I truly did. I was like, oh, Big Twelve football that has you know real impact for my team. Let's watch it. Let's sit down. And then, man, this was a grind of a game. This was just like Texas tech. Uh, really? You could tell did not have a whole lot of plan B or plan C's behind whatever their plan a was. I still couldn't figure that out. Um, just not a lot going offensively and uh, is. Uh, it, does Oklahoma state have the most durable running back in the country? <laughs> Uh, Jalen Warren, <laughs> that man maybe uh, has to put in so much work every weekend. Um, 
they Oklahoma State relies on that man just a lot. I, I'd be curious to see where he leads and and or where he falls on the leaderboard for number of carries. This yeah, season, I was gonna say for number of carries is ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Oklahoma State man, just just balance. Sanders is playing better. Just a balanced team. That's that's the story of of this conference this year. Is who can bring the most balance to a game? You've seen Kansas State have a lot of success. You've seen Baylor have a lot of success. When Iowa State isn't messing up, they're a pretty balanced team. And then you know it's it, yeah, it's just I don't know what else to say. Oklahoma State pretty good. It's upsetting. Don't like it. Yeah, I mean the main the main takeaway that I have from this Oklahoma State team is. This Oklahoma State defense, and actually, Philip, we talked about this earlier in the year when it looked like there was more than one of these, but they are literally the only unit in the entire conference that is just straight-up dominant. Yes, Iowa State put up some points against Oklahoma State, but, you know, every every really good unit at something is going to have a couple blips here and there, and it was just the fact that Iowa State did just enough there. But this Oklahoma State defense is probably the most dominant unit from any team in the conference on anything. Um, and it's just unfortunate that, you know, in today's football world, all anybody cares about is the ability to score points because apparently that's all the SEC knows how to do now. And so that's all anybody cares about. Um, like if, if anybody cared about defense anymore, you know, like if this, if this Oklahoma state defense played, say, I don't know, eight years ago, everybody would be talking about Oklahoma state as one of the best teams in the nation, um, because of just how dominant this defense is and defense is what was in vogue that long ago. Um, like this is the one thing that makes it so difficult to really know what's going on because we're just not used to seeing, like we, we've seen good defenses in the, in the big 12, but they usually come with a really good offense as well for the, for the best teams. And the offenses in the big 12 are usually so good that it doesn't matter how good your defense is. There's going to be games where they just get blown up. That hasn't really happened to this Oklahoma state team. And they are just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about this team. It was a completely dominant performance. You know, I had uh I had some people that were wondering very, very loudly, you know, in my mentions, um, how, you know, how did, how did Iowa state lose to this Texas tech team last week? Um, and it's because like that, that game was all more about what Oklahoma state was doing than what Texas tech wasn't able to do. Like Texas tech wasn't able to do anything because Oklahoma state did not let them literally do anything at all. And that was absolutely super, super impressive. It's been on another level since the West Iowa state game, really. Um, and again, Iowa State put up 24 points. Texas put up 24 points. That's the most anybody scored. And and since the Iowa State game, and it's almost like the loss just fueled them. Because again, starting defense has given up nine points in the last four games. Three to Kansas, three to West Virginia, three to TCU, and none to Texas Tech. Like, again, OU's going to put up points. Yes, Blinken Riley. I know what you're doing. I, I've, I've, I know the like, there's no way. I get it. Uh, but <laughs> it's funny. I have props to him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he's going to put up points. I, I'm not worried about that. Can OSU, uh, we'll talk about Bedlam here in a little bit. We'll, we'll do all that. As we mentioned, Baylor 20, uh, Kansas State 10. And I, I, there wasn't a lot of offense in the second half. It never, it, after halftime, I never watched the game and went like, you know what? Kansas State's still in this. It, it, it did not, it did not be like it. Even, with with Bohannon not in there, like it was like okay, like I I don't I'm not worried about this like and and that's surprising because Kansas State had been playing so well, and then yeah another defensive showing. I think Baylor's still playing incredibly well, 
as an OSU fan who hopes that they win Bedlam and, and Baylor wins and OSU faces a Baylor team that doesn't have uh, Jerry Bohannon in the Big 12 title game, um, I, I do have to ask, like, like what what is your takeaway, Matt, from this game? My my takeaway is that this this team is just this Baylor team is just prepared, right? There's there's been talk about how this Baylor team doesn't play well uh, on the road, and it's true, right? The the two losses have been on the road, and they look diff- They just looked different, right? So there's like a mental component there, but other than other than that, this team is just prepared every week, right? Um, Gary Bohannon has been fine. He's been fine. He, he definitely um, won the game uh, versus OU uh, with his legs, but throwing the ball, he's just been fine. So when the injury happened uh, to Gary Bohannon and, and Blake Shapin, the, <laughs> the backup, now that Jacob Zeno has transferred, um, there, I don't know that there was just like a massive collective gasp or fear that this was going to go poorly. Um, Blake Chapin came in threw a couple really nice balls. Uh, and then he took over with his legs, a lot of QB power, a lot of, a lot of wide zone with the quarter. Like it just, the game plan didn't change a bit. And that was pretty exciting to know that each backup on this team, um, cause we've seen it with depth issues, you know, except the running back and wide receiver positions, you know, depth has been challenged everywhere else on this team. And it's just, everybody seems to be prepared. Yeah. There's a little bit of a drop off there, but everybody was just prepared. And, you know, to, to only score three points in the second half is okay. So, you know, not great, but with a backup quarterback, somewhat understandable to hold Kansas state to three points in the second half with the only real score coming from a breakaway Deuce Vaughn touchdown. I'll take it. This, this defense is always prepared from a game plan standpoint. I just really, really exciting. I, I, I think that this team can do a lot. Uh, I, I fully expect this Baylor team to beat Texas tech next week. I fully expect this Baylor team, if given the opportunity to play in the conference championship game, to make it a really fun, close, exciting game, stressful, all Baylor games have been stressful this season, but it'll be fun. Yeah, this this Baylor team has kind of been hitting me all year, honestly, as a team that that it goes into each game with the idea that they're going to do just enough to win. That they, you know, if they get up big in a game, you can you can almost palpably see them take their foot off the gas a little bit, unless it's a team like you know when they played Kansas and Kansas couldn't do anything, and so even taking the foot off the gas, they were going downhill so fast that you know. The brakes couldn't couldn't stop them. Um, so, like, this is one of those things where, it, and 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 maybe it comes back to bite them at some point. I think it kind of did in that TCU game where you know they they needed to put the foot on the gas a little bit more and keep going, um, and they just didn't do it. And, and and TCU was able to take advantage. But like we saw that against Oklahoma, you know, they they relied on the on the defense. The offense did just enough to to push them over the edge in that game. And then of course the whole field goal shenanigans at the end that. Lincoln Riley kind of got what was coming to him. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where I just, I, I always wonder with this Baylor team, I, I worried about this Kansas State game because those are the kind of games that Kansas State thrives in, right? Is a, is a game exactly. where, where a team is not going to put them away, going to give them an opportunity to make a big play at the end of the game and get back into it. And, and Baylor, honestly, just didn't really put this game away at any point. They, they did let Kansas State kind of hang around, but the defense was able to do enough to keep Kansas State from getting 
all the way back into it and getting that big play that they needed to really get things going again. Um, you know, I was a little worried when, you know, Kansas State got that that touchdown to bring it back within seven and then the field goal kind of calmed things down. And then at that point, it was really was like, well, what's going to happen in the second half? Either either Baylor's going to get that first score and this is going to be a game that you can feel comfortable for them the rest of the way or Kansas State's going to muddy it up for a long time and get close again. And then you're going to wonder like it's, it's going to be a nail biter. And that's kind of what happened. It's just that Kansas State was never able to get that other touchdown that they needed. You know, they got that first field goal to get back within a touchdown, and then things just kind of went awry for them just as much as it did for Baylor, and nobody really did anything. I think it could be a problem for Baylor against Texas Tech just because I think Texas Tech is one of those teams that will jump up at random times and bite you, kind of like what TCU does. Um, So this is a game I think that Baylor has to be focused on, especially with the fact, you know, that they do have this opportunity to go to the Big 12 title game they have to be extremely focused this week. And, and I do think that we're going to have to see something from them that we that, that they just haven't done. Um, I mean, so this, this game against Kansas State, I just don't know what, what to actually take from it. It doesn't really change my opinion of Baylor. It, it kind of reinforced the fact that this Baylor team doesn't seem to have that killer instinct. They just have a defense that's good enough that usually it works out. I think... It definitely appears that way. If you if you go watch all of the Baylor snaps this season, it is – look, I, I understand it's not as pretty, but it is – they are – some of these wins are, are more dominant than they appear. The, the Texas game, the Oklahoma game – Texas – I mean, in the Oklahoma game, there's a point in the time where Baylor had 201 rushing yards uh, compared to a negative two for Oklahoma, and I think that was at the end of the second quarter or at the end of the third maybe. Um, it was just, it, it, it's all line of scrimmage stuff. And if, if you're looking for the story of, for the Baylor team this year, it's been the line of scrimmage. Just the coaching has been phenomenal, getting that unit to improve the amount that they have. So yeah, it doesn't look the same. The scoreboard doesn't always reflect how dominant it is, but if you look at some of the advanced, like post-game expectancy, you know, win expectancy, Baylor's up there quite a bit this season. Um, I, I think the... Baylor really should beat Texas Tech. If if the lines play like they could play, I, I it should be a win. Again, it may be a score of 28 to 14 or 28 to 17 or something like that. Um, by the way, bet bet Big 12 unders this season. Oh, yeah. You don't have a lot of time left to do that, but do it. Um, yeah. Except it's, for against it's, Kansas. So it's ugly at times, except for against Kansas. It's ugly at times, but uh, this Baylor team is competent in just about every phase. So the other game we got to talk about, Oklahoma, 28, Iowa State, 21. Uh, Iowa State tried to tie it up late with some Brock Purdy magic. I just, uh, oh, no, our Purdy, it's broken. No, he was pretty good. I can't, I can't, I can't rail on him too hard. That last interception, though, was extremely Brock Purdy. But it was, yeah, it was, it was big total title game last year. It was like, it's, it was like, he's coming down there. I'm like, he's not going to, like, they're not going to win. They're not going to tie this up. Like I, I, they're not going to do it. And they didn't because it's just, I just, I, Iowa state statistically remains this like really good team. All the metrics love them, but it's, it's they're not fine. translating. It's just, it's just not translating. Like everything that broke their way last season has not broken their way this season. And they've been bad on the road. I, I forget which show I was listening to. And they brought up like Iowa state on the road gives up like, like 6.8 like yards per play. Like it's not good. In Big 12 play on the road, Iowa State is a, is is not nearly as good as they are at home. 
and we've seen their defense is a better second half team than they're in the first half team. And it's just, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, they're yeah. I mean, this year, I, I think the main difference between this year and last year is that last year, any time that they had a key moment where something had to happen, it went Iowa State's way last year. This year, it seems like every time they have more opportunities now where like you can have a key moment and if and if, and if it works out for you, it's probably going to propel you to victory. This year, it feels like they have like four or five times more of those in every game, and but yet they don't hit any single one of them. Like big stops that they need on defense to get back in the game against Oklahoma. They weren't able to do it. Like every time it seems like they get a big stop, they then immediately go three and out or have some sort of offensive issue that then gives the ball right back to Oklahoma and just waste time. Like this was just a game where they just needed that one big play to push it over the edge at any point in the second half. And every time they got to one of those critical moments, it just didn't happen. And so, I mean, that, that, that honestly, I think is what the difference is, is that last year, Every time they needed one of those, it went really well, except for in the Big 12 championship game. This year, every time they need something like that to get them to get that win, it 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 goes against them. You know, like that that Texas Tech 62 yard field goal bomb. Like that is a play that normally, like last year, that's something that Iowa State would have done. You know, they would have had that phenomenal, out of nowhere, you know, super improbable play that would have won them a game as opposed to it now happening to them this year. I mean, I, I honestly was going back and looking at it. If, if you look statistically, there is no statistical category that jumps out to me this year that is wildly different than it was last year. The difference, honestly, this year, and, and, and maybe there's one here and there, but if you look at the team overall, they have a very similar statistical profile this year to what they had last year. And it's just things situationally are not working out for them. And it almost feels like it's something up here in their head for them that isn't allowing them to step up in those big moments the way that they need to. I don't think any of the players on the team have gotten legitimately worse. It's just not gelling the same way this year that it did last year. So here, here's your difference. Last year, one score games. One, games within a touchdown, right? Uh, they were 4-2 and two in those games last year. This year, uh, they are 2-4. and four. Yeah, I mean that's that's the difference between last year and this year. Last year they were able to win those close games. This year they are not able to. And the law of averages, death taxes, and the law of averages those those things eventually even out for most teams. And it kind of did for Iowa State this year. And and so, like I still think it's a good team. Obviously the numbers tell us that. But if you're gonna if you're gonna live and die by by close games, you're not gonna win them all. It's going to be hard to do. It's very hard to win all of those games unless you can you can avoid mistakes. And you, you've you got a gunslinger for a quarterback, and when he's on, you get the game against Oklahoma State. And when he's off, you get West Virginia and Texas Tech and Oklahoma till the end and Iowa and, and Baylor. So, you know, here we are. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it just seems like if last year – if, if last year's team was eight and four and this year's team was eight and four and you looked at these two teams, you would say, yeah, that kind of makes sense because these look like very, very similar teams. Um, the difference is last year, all of those key things helped Iowa State. And so they had a much better record last year. This year, it seems like almost all of those are going against Iowa State. And so now they're at six and five, have qualified for a bowl game. But honestly, at this point are just trying to get into a semi-decent one at this point. So um, 
Like it's not that there's a an, an appreciable difference in terms of the way the team is set up, the way the team is performing, other than just the fact that you're right in those low score games or in, in those you know low margin games where one bounce of the ball one way or another can have a huge impact on whether you win or lose the game. You know, last year all the bounces were going their way. This year it seems like all the bounces are going against them. That's fair. Speaking of bounces, my uh, my portfolio symbols bounced down a little bit uh, thanks to. Uh, I mean, Baylor got the win. Kansas State, Kansas. No, no payouts this week for me. That's okay. It's okay. It's a long game, folks. It's a long game with Symbol. I don't expect to win every week, obviously, or I've bought a share of Oklahoma State. Just kidding. Um, you guys know Symbol at this point. Stock market for sports that allows you profit off your sports knowledge. Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts. Every time the teams that you have shares of win, whether that's in college football, NHL, NFL, NBA, MLB, whatever you want to buy shares in, whatever sport you think you know, that's where you should invest. So visit Symbol.com, S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com to create a free account. And when you make your first deposit, use the promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K, for a money-back guarantee. So here's how this works. To all listeners of this show and any show in our network, even if you lose money, in the first 90 days playing around on Symbol, they will refund your initial deposit up to $500, no questions asked. So if you deposit any amount up to 500 in your first deposit, you lose money, it's not going your way, you just don't like it, you don't want to play anymore. If you say, if you let Symbol know within 90 days, money back, all of it. Doesn't matter how much you lost, you're getting it all back, okay? It's a great way to go and try it out. So if you've been poking around, if you've been taking part in our pick three, maybe you've, you've heard the ad and you've been like, I, I just, I don't know. It's a great way, risk-free, to give it a shot. So go to symbol.com, S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com. Create your free account. Promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2 for your money back guarantee. Little tip here, guys. Buy low and then sell high. Look, oh. you, can, you can only get that here on 10 yeah, exactly. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You know, you know, Philip, I am glad that you mentioned the pick three contest because I just looked at the results from this week and it is now in light. Well, I, I'm sorry. I'm assuming that we're done after this next week, after the regular season. But if we yes. play conference championships, there's there's a potential that I, I couldn't. But right now I am up after this week by three points. So I'm very happy to say that I will apparently be the first uh symbol pick three champion for the 10 12 podcast network you know you're not eligible so. for the prize because you're part of the I, I didn't say that hey no. you know what you know what it is all about having the title i can have the title and someone else can have my prize that's fine also you you cut it in and i was gonna make a bull versus bear joke with matt is bear about stocks i still don't understand oh. which one is i still don't understand which one is which so, so i'd rather you not speak over my head that way that'd be super fantastic okay if okay you not bulls are very aggressive Okay, mm-hmm. so a bull market, you're very, very, very aggressive with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, a bear market, just a bear general- market, they like to go hibernate, and so you know they kind of sit back. Yeah, and, uh, things kind of get worse. But so then, I got that. Who, who's I, happier, really? Who's happier, really? I the think bear. that's what we really need to be the bear focusing on is happiness. The bear is like passed uh, out, so the bear isn't happy one way or another, oh. and full of whatever it is that he has killed and consumed. Mm. Fair. He's Which very happy when he wakes up. Probably That's true. Either. So. 
basketball season is finally here, Big 12 fans. And for your home for men's and women's basketball, come to Midwest Madness. We are doing game coverages, going over game analysis, different rankings of teams, and consistently looking at the best matchups in the conference. You're not going to want to miss out on all the amazing basketball coverage we have, so go check out Midwest Madness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, before we talk about next weekend, I want to do a little quick uh, look at basketball. Of course, if you want anything in relation uh, to Big 12 hoops, men's and women's, you need to make sure that you are subscribed to the Midwest Madness podcast. Christine Butterfield does a great job every week, sometimes twice weekly. Now the season has started. Recap of the games, taking a look at everything, bringing on great guests. Um, she is fantastic. I'm so thrilled to have her in the network. She covers our men's and women's basketball in the Big 12. So go and make sure you're subscribed to the Midwest Madness podcast. Uh, Big 12. Off to a pretty good start this season, boys. Yeah, boys. Pretty pretty dang good. Four total losses. That's it. Four. It's like 35 and four. If if I'm not, I'm not. As I always said, I was an art major for a reason. Don't ask me to do math. 35 and four as of some date in the not so distant past. Uh, So yesterday or today? We're recording on Sunday night. So as of Sunday night at 9.01 p.m. when I am looking at the standings and reading them to you, uh, thirty-five and four. Uh, Matt, I, I know this is something you you're very excited about. How you uh, how you feeling about how about about the Bears? Right so, now? Baylor basketball was my first love, my first true love. Baylor basketball. Um, OSU, the reason OSU I went, basketball right here. OSU, I get it. The, the 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 reason I went to Baylor was because I was just watching CBS College Basketball one weekend, and I saw Aaron Bruce for some reason dive. He was overly. Uh, he, it was too much of a hustle play he dove for a ball that he could not get i'm like oh this guy this guy plays pretty hard what's this baylor school all about um and that that brought baylor to my understanding um it, even that being so i usually don't really ramp up my excitement for college basketball until about thanksgiving maybe the first of december right when some of the more interesting like right right actually when about these early season tournaments are happening um just a little bit more high profile matchups, but this is the earliest I've really been very excited about college basketball. I don't know what it is about this season. I don't know if it's Baylor has a bunch of fun questions that they have to answer or the fact that I just spent an entire six, seven months celebrating a national championship. Highly recommend, by the way, if you, if you can go get you one of those really, really fun. The gear is really fun. Um, Yeah, man. Baylor looks to be really fun and Texas Tech will be improved. Iowa State will definitely play some basketball games. Kansas, you know, obviously, you know, if not, not unanimously picked to win the conference again, but, you know, I think by eight of the 10 coaches, um, Jamie Dixon is going to have something fun for this TCU team, right? Kansas State, I don't even know what to say. anymore. I, I, I can't really defend Bruce Weber. Porter Moser, like one of the hottest coaching names. I'm excited to see what he can do at Oklahoma while he's here in the conference. Oklahoma State. That is a Travis. Like I can, I'm excited about this conference, um, and it's it's the best basketball conference in the in the nation. It really is. the The numbers love the Big Ten, and they say really good things about the ACC at the top of it. But the Big Twelve is the best basketball conference in the nation. It just is. By the way, I, I love how you how you petered out when we got to the painful one about Phillips' poor team that got completely shafted. That by so this, that this sucks. Year, like just. Yeah. Unequivocally, objectively, just sucks. I love oh, yeah. 
the Oklahoma State program. I have not felt a lot of emotional, positive feelings towards Oklahoma State athletics just after the Bryce Petty turf monster situation. It's just <laughs> like, it's just tough to look at the logo sometimes, but I love Mike Boynton. Like, just a travesty. How can you not? Like, yeah. honestly, like, how, how oh, can oh, you? Gosh. How can you not? I've never heard anybody be like, you know what? That, that guy, I, I hate that asshole. Like, like who's going to say that about him? Like, honestly. Insane that the decision came down the way it did for kids that weren't even involved, for coaches that weren't even involved. Um, and then you have Huggy Bear winning his 904th game. Right. And, and then there's Texas and whatever that's <laughs> going to be. Who knows? Right. So just so many fun storylines going to be a really strong conference again. And uh, yeah, I mean, anything you want to talk about, I I'm, I'm all for it. Hey, yeah, Texas real, got that Northern quick. Colorado win. And Chris Beard yeah, said that's oh going to be a really, a really Look good out. one for them at the end of the seat. Chris Beard does one thing. It does a lot of things. Well, one of them is making sure to schedule the weakest possible non-conference he can. I, I know. I thought I thought it was great after the Gonzaga game how he talked about how great this game was for the sport of college basketball, and he's looking forward to many more of these games. Realizing just how ironic that statement is, given the way he likes to schedule non-conference. But no, um, Philip, back to your point about Mike Boynton. You know, I, I I can honestly say that he, when I went to go cover the Big Twelve media days, he was the one coach that I just knew I actually absolutely had to go talk to. Like I had to go ask him questions, had to hear what he was going to say about his team and about what's going on. Obviously it helped that you had a couple questions for me to, to throw his way and all that fun stuff. But uh, he was the one coach other than obviously, you know, Bill self and, and then the KU players, cause that's who I cover anyway. But like, he was the one I had to make sure that I actually went and talked to because I love his story. We've talked on here a few times about, you know, what he's done with Oklahoma state. I honestly thought, you know, he by far was the most impressive coach last year in the big 12, just the way that he handled everything and, and, you know, dealt with everything that was going on there. Um, and was really excited to see what this team was going to do. I thought they had an opportunity to make a, a deep run, just the way that they showed everything after, you know, not having Cade Cunningham last year and at spots and was really excited about what the roster was going to be able to do this year. So hopefully, you know, they're, they're still going to make it super competitive in the Big 12. They're still probably going to be right there in the middle of the conference standings and at the end of the year have an opportunity to to really kind of ruin some other teams' potential seeding and stuff like that. But uh Unfortunately, they got completely shafted by the NCAA, who then had the audacity to get upset with Mike Boynton about being upset about the ruling and saying, hey, these are the guys that actually, you know, these are the people that actually made that ruling. You probably will never hear their names other than they're here. How dare you say our names out loud that are also public information for anyone who wanted to look it up. But we wanted to make them look it up. We didn't want you to say it out loud to everybody. How dare you? Look. Don't send death threats to people about stuff. Like, that's just, that's a, you're, don't be a terrible human being. Like that doesn't negate them being a terrible human being, but also like, uh, uh, to quote one of my daughter's favorite books, uh, shove on shorty. Uh, okay. A couple of big games this weekend. Kansas state's going to play Arkansas in the hall of fame classic. That's an, uh, uh, yeah. Um, it'll happen. It's going to be a, a game that is played. Uh, Iowa state plays Xavier in the UN, uh, the NIT season tip off, which should be an interesting one. Uh, Baylor gets started in the bad boy Moore's uh, battle for Atlantis. I'm really interested in that tournament. I'm really hoping for a Baylor Yukon championship game matchup. I'm very hopeful that that is what we get. That fun would be tournament. kind of fun. That field. would be awesome. Really fun. That field oh, is yeah. awesome. That field is awesome. Um, that's Kansas, and Kansas is playing in the, uh, the ESPN events 
tournament down in Orlando, which I didn't actually think that that was the actual name of the tournament. I kept trying to find the name of it. Um, yeah, it's literally just the ESPN events college basketball tournament that's down in Orlando, Florida. Um, but they have the opportunity to play Alabama if both of those teams make it to the championship game. So that should be a fantastic game. That could be interesting. Uh, I'm actually intrigued by OU at UCF on, on this coming Saturday as well. That could be an interesting game. Uh, UCF's kind of a fun under-the-radar basketball program. So uh, a couple of good games to keep on your radar. Man, I really do. That If we can get a Baylor-UConn, because after Villanova's already lost twice, like that game that for Baylor is kind of a loss of its luster. If we can get Baylor-UConn, bring it. That would be awesome. That would be some much-watch uh, must watch TV. Uh, okay. Before we get to this week upcoming. <coughs> He's fine, guys. It's it's totally fine. Normal. It's good. I'm he was just so overcome with emotion about all the great stuff coming up this weekend. Yep. So. I'm cutting all this out. No, leave it in. <laughs> no, it's disgusting. Do, the, do this as the cold open. Just 45, <laughs> just 45 seconds. <laughs> Of I am now of, of, of Philip hacking up along. I am now thirty five percent legitimately worried about it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Take a minute. You're good. By the way, Matt, um, the number of times that he's going to cut it out and it just happens to just stay in the podcast anyway. Yeah, I would not be surprised if all this was in here. By the boy, time I, ho- I truly it hope drops so. tomorrow. I truly hope so. <sighs> No tailgates complete without a grill. No grills complete without gridiron. Metalworks. Find collegiate, branded grill gates and griddles for every grill with every Big 12 team available. Now, if you're on the site, which is gridironmetal.com, chuck some cough syrup. Oh, <laughs> like it's bourbon. Or just chug some bourbon. Uh, don't see your grill listed? Do not worry. You can enter the dimensions of your grill and get a grill grate or griddle custom cut for you, which is freaking awesome. Folks, if you don't see it, they're going to they're gonna get you one. What do you want? You want you want Oklahoma State, you want Iowa State, you want Baylor, Kansas, uh, their favorite school, which is Purdue. Awesome. They're going to make it. Plus, along with Grill Gates and Griddles, they have some fantastic home decor items like flower pots, stainless steel bookends, coasters and can coolers, all in actual school colors, not just the, oh, that's pretty close. I mean, it's a green. I'm not sure it's Baylor green, but it it's a, a color green. Uh, just throw your NyQuil in one of them little tumbler. Well, the insulated pump keep it cooled. Use it to start the chimney starter. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, holidays are here. They have the perfect gifts for the hard to shop for. Like I'm not gonna do the rest of the script. I can't do it. All right. Promo code ten twelve T E N one two. Fifteen percent off your first order. Gridironmetal.com. It's easy to find. If you can't find it, the link is in our show notes. It's real easy. Promo code ten twelve. Fifteen percent off your order. All orders get free shipping. If you want it done, this stuff is custom cut. It's high quality, but it's custom cut, so you better get your order in. Just like everything else, folks, stuff is going to take forever to ship. So get your order in now. Go to Gridiron, shop around. This stuff is freaking awesome. You will not be sorry. And everyone on your shopping list will be happy this Christmas. Your home for everything Kansas Jayhawks is the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Metz, and every week we run through the most important stories for all your favorite Kansas programs, whether it's football, soccer, or tennis, volleyball or basketball, baseball and softball, or any other Jayhawk competition, we have it. We have game previews and recaps, interviews with coaches and others close to the team, and analysis from those who pay close attention to all of these programs. You can find us by searching for Rock Chalk Podcast on your favorite platform, so start listening today. Ooh, all right. I'm going to go get a drink of water because I need something to um, 
My sinus pressure is so bad, my uh, teeth hurt. Dude. That's the point. Ooh, that's the point. That's I'm the at. worst. Um, um, in case you want to know. So, like, chewing is a really fun experience. Dude, just, just rap, man. If you just rap. Like, uh, no, we got we got a weekend to talk about. We got five games. Uh, usually we pick which one we think is most interesting. I don't want to do that. Uh, the Big 12 has done us a favor and put the two most important games both on Saturday. But before we get to those, I do want to talk about one I do think is interesting. Andy, West Virginia, Kansas, West Virginia, five and six, trying to reach a bowl game. On Thursday, TCU at Iowa State, TCU trying to reach a bowl game. I'll let you guys discuss TCU, West Virginia. I know West Virginia is the most likely one to make a bowl game, but make a case for both schools to actually get a win on this coming weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'll start there because, look, Iowa State just had a, a super deflating loss, well, a couple losses these last few weeks. Um I mean, is there really that much of a difference between them going six and six and sneaking into a, you know, bottom tier Big 12 bowl and going seven and five and maybe sneaking into a less bottom tier Big 12 bowl? Like, either way, I don't know how motivated Iowa State's going to be, other than the fact that it is senior day. But, you know, this TCU team, I think, got some stability. Um, I, I, I mean, it's hard, though, because if you're looking at a team that is more complete, it's definitely West Virginia over TCU. If you're looking at a team that is going up against an opponent who is probably going to be a little bit easier for them uh, to, to win, it's West Virginia over TCU. So if you have to pick, like West Virginia is the team to pick if you can only pick one. But I don't think it's necessarily that crazy to think that TCU can, you know, kind of go off the big win that they had for them to kind of stabilize things, get an emotional win, and try to then go and become bowl eligible in the final game. Um, like, I... I don't know that I'm super confident that it's going to happen, but it's definitely not crazy to me. I that the line right now is 14 and a half Iowa state favorite over TCU. I, that seems a bit high to me, Yeah, but, but Iowa state could just, they could just run Brees hall 40 times and win this game. Like the TCU defense cannot really stop a whole lot. Um, West Virginia. Will they show up two games in a row? Question mark. You never know. I, I I actually put real hard American currency on Kansas to cover the 15 uh, this upcoming week. Um, I do not think West Virginia has the ability to blow this Kansas team out by more than two scores. So, you know, West Virginia might get that win by 14, but uh, I don't see it being that. Yeah, West Virginia likely will get the win. TCU, I don't see it happening. We don't even know who's going to play for them. Yeah, well, let, let me put it this way. TCU upsetting Iowa State becoming bowl eligible, I think would be less of a shock to me than Kansas upsetting West Virginia and keeping them from becoming bowl eligible. With the sure. way that the way that these teams are performing, the way that Kansas took that step forward in this last week, and the way that they're playing fired up, it being senior day, them having an opportunity to really make a statement, I'm still probably picking West Virginia to win this game, but I would definitely be very nervous about this game if I was a West Virginia fan. And I would not be shocked if Kansas can build off of everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks and get a huge victory to send them off into next season. Yeah, it's senior day for Iowa State. I have a feeling they're going to want to go out on top with Purdy and Kolar and, and everybody else is pretty much going to be done there. Um, I, I, I have a feeling they'll put on a show. Just be like, hey, look, 7-5, you know, it's, it's not the worst season ever. Uh, I think West Virginia wins, but... Yeah, 15 feels like a lot to favor West Virginia by, even against Kansas, especially like Kansas playing at the end of the year. Uh, other game, Friday, Kansas State at Texas. 
Does Texas uh, have a seven-game, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, a seven-game losing streak and seven conference losses for the first time in program history? I, I don't understand how Texas is favored in this one. Like, have they been watching the Big 12? I, I think, didn't Skylar Thompson Skylar, get hurt? Skylar Thompson was injured. It looked bad. I would I would put, you know, the, the odds on him playing it this upcoming week very, very low. It, it there were some okay. people. I, I must have missed that. Yeah. I'm going to be completely honest. I was busy watching other stuff when the end of this game was happening. Yeah, so, it, and um, and the backup situation there is not good. Um, it, it, it's yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, Texas should win this game. How many times have we said that since a monkey bit a small child on Halloween? How many how many times have we said that Texas should win this game? Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. This is a big old, big old shrug. It's a big old shrug. Who knows? Uh, Texas. If you told me, hey, what's more likely? Uh, Texas has a special teams coach that has a uh, stripper girlfriend who has a monkey that bites a child on Halloween uh, or they lose seven games straight. I'm like, man, I I don't know. But uh, both equal. That's where we're at. That's where we're at, man. And we already Both know that things, one of those happened. So exactly. Both things can happen. This I don't even know where I'm going. I'm so I'm still so flustered by the monkey story. I I've been thinking about nothing else for the last three weeks. It's all I can think about. It's all I can think about. Give me Kansas State to cover. I don't know. You know, just like they say that no publicity is bad publicity. I do think though that you know, monkey It's all how you spin it, man. No, no, no. It's all how you spin it. <laughs> If they could, they could have spent that in their way, and they didn't. It, 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 it they, they had. No That's true. They could have talked about, you know, how much fire the team has and how much fight they have. That it even yeah. spills over to the, you know, special teams coach's girlfriend's monkey on Halloween. Well, I mean, it was obviously the child's fault. Um, okay, Saturday. <laughs> 11 a.m. Baylor hosting Texas Tech in the Butt Bowl. Yep, we. That's what we call it. Woo Butt Bowl. Um, the the thing for Baylor here is as simple. They. The, the only thing they control is you win on Saturday and you have a chance. Lose on Saturday and it's done. If you want to get to the Bill title game, you have to win. Then you have to wait for what happens in Bedlam that night at 630. I, look, I don't think Texas Tech is as good as Iowa State made them look. And I don't think they're as bad as Oklahoma State made them look. I think they're somewhere in the middle. But I do think Baylor is better than Texas Tech. Two touchdowns better? Probably. That's a little rich for my betting blood. Um, but I, I, I feel pretty confident Baylor wins this game with as much writing on this. And look, we, I was at Big 12 media days this summer. You, it's, I could sit and listen to Dave Aranda wax poetic about football for like three days straight. Like you would, you could follow him 1970s cult style around and just like grow beards and listen to him talk about football. That's how interesting he is when he talks about it. I, I get why this team is effective. I like him a lot. I also get why he's up for so many other jobs. Hey, hey, Matt, we're, we're not going to talk about that today. You're God welcome. bless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I think Baylor wins this. We'll talk about that more on Thursday's show, but <coughs> yeah, it's look, a big game. It's a lot of pressure at home. I literally only have one question about this game, sure. and that is, when the heck are they going to actually make a trophy for this game? Because I want to oh. see the word, you know, the the name butt bowl enshrined on a piece of metal somewhere. Just a big shiny metal butt. Just <laughs> I, that's that's what I was thinking, but you know, I, I mean and the tradition I, I, is you you take a 
by a race marker and you write the score on each cheek, like <laughs> though each team's how oh, that's so perfect. Oh, that's awesome. this, this is totally something that we're going to have to do because I can guarantee the schools will never do it, even though they should. It'd be fantastic. Do you call it? It's like I made I made the, the, the tent, the tent trophy for the Baylor, Iowa State game every year. Or, you know, like why right Natty Light tried to do with Farmageddon. Um, you know, they, they they actually wanted the trophy for that one to be a giant tractor that would go back and forth from Kansas to Iowa, depending God, on who yeah. won. That's which would be fantastic oof. and terrifying at the exact same time. That is some real farmer stuff right there. Um <laughs> goodness gracious. Farmersonly.com. Uh I so this is uh this is a an eleven AM game. Uh it is senior mm-hmm. day. And mm-hmm. eleven AM games at McLean Stadium recently have been dynamite people have shown up the the last two granted have been versus oklahoma and texas but this is a group of seniors specifically jalen petrie you know quote people call him the one who stayed right um after all every after everything that went down jalen petrie maintained his commitment to baylor and has become a true impact player for this team uh, I think people will show up. That is the vibe I'm getting. Um, I think it will be a raucous environment. And I think that 14-point line is just about right. I, I For some reason, I look at the B, this the BYU game back in October. Baylor, mm. Baylor pulled away from that BYU team, and it was only very late that BYU connected on a couple deep throws to make that look better than it was. But that was a 38-24 game. Uh, I look at the West Virginia game, another 11 a.m. kick, 45-20. Right. I just when this team is better than the other team in the trenches, it just goes really well. That wide zone offense is more efficient than like 50 different teams are passing the ball in the country. Um, it, I, I just don't know that this Texas Tech team is ready to stop that kind of running attack two weeks in a row because they didn't stop it this week. <laughs> All right, uh, Bedlam, 6.30 p.m., ABC. Thank you, Game Day, for not bringing Game Day to Stillwater. I appreciate that. Uh, Vegas, double birds. Why <laughs> Why would you make OSU the favorite? Why would you do They're that the better team. to us? Shut up. Shut <laughs> this up. This is the Shut year. Up. This Shut is- up. I don't care what the line is. I don't care what the line is. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm telling you all right now. I, I'm I, Preview for Thursday's show. I'm taking the under in this game. Yes. Okay. Taking the under in this game. Oh, absolutely. I I already the first team. That, yeah. The first team to to like 17 points wins this game. That's it. That's it. I was just saying. I think to be honest, OSU's defense is that good. I think OU's defense is clicking. I think they're playing really well right now. Neither offense just makes me go wow. Like Owen Wilson, wow. Like under all day. And this is not what I was like, well, the over will hit. No, it will not. No, the only way that this game cracks 40 points total is if there's two defensive scores. Like, yes. That's it. Potentially. And neither team is a score. Is a, neither team has a ton of defensive scores. They're no, right, right. But like force a lot of turnovers. But honestly, they are like good defenses. Oklahoma's defense is good enough that it's going to give Oklahoma State's offense problems with all the issues that we've talked about there. Oklahoma State's defense is good enough that I'm, I mean, I, I know that you're, you're not on this train at all, Philip. but I really have a hard time seeing, especially after seeing what Baylor did to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's defense is better than that. And, and like, I'm having a hard time seeing Oklahoma scoring any significant number of points in this game. And I know you don't want to talk about it because you are just absolutely convinced that until, you know, it's, it's 
again, I think I've used this before on this podcast. It's just like back when Kansas was winning so many Big 12 championships. Until they don't win it in basketball, you're going to pick them every single year. So until Oklahoma State wins Bedlam, you're going to pick against them in every single year. But, I mean, it has to happen at some point. This feels like it's that year because this defense is that good, and it is the only unit that completely blows away every other unit in the entire game. The only thing, if I was an Oklahoma State fan, the only thing that would actually scare me is if I heard Spencer Rattler was starting because he should be the pick here. Like Caleb Williams is dynamic and he's going to be fantastic. He's probably going to be a Heisman candidate in a couple of years. Um, but Spencer Rattler is probably the choice here. I felt like he was probably the better choice against Baylor. When he came in, I was a little bit more scared. Just Spencer Rattler is going to be a little bit more disciplined. Oklahoma State's going to make you methodical, just like Baylor makes you methodical. Who's going to be the better quarterback there? I, I think Rattler is probably the best choice. I don't know that it'll happen. I don't know. This this Bentler Rassler guy sounds like he, he could be pretty good. <laughs> this... <laughs> Sorry, you said that, and immediately I just like, it's time to wrestle. It's wrestling time. <laughs> and this will be a wrestling match. W-R-A-S-S-L-I-N. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, okay. So with, with that all said, uh, make sure and follow our good friend Andy on Twitter at AndyMitts12, M-I-T-T-S, and uh, check out the Rock Chalk podcast, his show for Kansas. Uh, follow Matt is Bear. That's his Twitter handle. That's what we call him. Uh, and part of the Between Two Bears podcast, our Baylor show. You can find all our shows at 1012network.com, T-E-N, the number 12, the word network. It's also our Twitter handle, in case you're curious. Uh, Instagram handle is at 1012pod, uh, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, do me a favor, by the way, for my OSU fans who listen, I still need tickets for Saturday. And uh, I'm going to blatant plug that I need tickets. And uh, I don't want to have to sell my uh, any of my children uh, to afford to do so. So if you've got some tickets and you can't go to the game or you know someone who's got tickets and they can't go to the game, and uh, can you can you let me know? You can DM us on Twitter at 1012network. You can DM me at OKTXARPOKE. Um, I am I am looking get him to the game guys come on I say this is how you know it's gonna be the last bedlam game in Stillwater for who knows how long I have to go to this game but but look this is how you know it's serious because he told you to DM him on his personal account not on the podcast account only I gave away I never give my personal Twitter account out on exactly not that people don't know what it is like it's not like I hide it like oh it's blocked it's private no it's not uh shoot me a DM if you got some you know somebody who's got some uh we'll be back on Thursday uh, with uh, Daniel and Chris to make picks for the weekend ahead. And hopefully I don't sound like this then. <sighs> Bye. <laughs>